African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa. Thank you for joining us on our various platforms broadcasting into sub-Saharan Africa. Remember on DSTV channel, we're on channel 802 on the audio bouquet. And if you're listening to us online internationally, we're on www.channelafrica.co.za. And today we're broadcasting outside of the SABC studios. I always love doing outside broadcasts because then you get to really get into the action of what's happening on the continent. And today we are right here at the Emperor's Palace, not far away from the Oar Tambo Airport here in Johannesburg, South Africa. And we are attending the Top Woman Conference, uh, uh, which is also has a, a Top Woman Awards, which will be hosted tomorrow. It's uh, uh, hosted by Standard Bank, and it's uh, really uh, an occasion that celebrates uh, a top woman in their fields and various sectors uh, in business, and uh, just uh, really looking at at the active role that women are playing in the public and the private sector. Such an important thing, especially from an African context. And we're still in the month of uh, August, so we are in Women's Month in South Africa. So we're keeping that theme open. And with me, I've got uh, Shola uh, David Bora, who's the CEO of Africa Regions at the Standard Bank Group, joining us now. And also we've got Dr. Precious Muloe Mutsepe, who is the CEO of African Fashion International to start off this conversation with us. Thank you, ladies, for giving us your time. Now, Shona, let's start with you, this conversation, in terms of the Top Women Conference and uh, the awards themselves. How did uh, Standard Bank gear themselves into this position in wanting to actually be part of a conference such as this that actually uh, celebrates women and also women are making a difference in their various sectors? Thanks very much. It's great to be with you. Um, Standard Bank is proud to be associated with the Top Women's Conference for a number of reasons. First of all, it aligns completely with our values of gender empowerment, of diversity, of inclusion. Our purpose in Standard Bank is to drive Africa's growth. And we have found that women are a key part of Africa's development across the entire continent. I mean, women contribute more than 50% of um, agricultural activity. They're involved in over 70% of um, informal trade, cross-border trade. So to achieve our purpose, we have to focus on women. And we believe that um, the Top Women's Conference is one of the leading South Africa platforms for um, encouraging women leaders. Therefore, there's a strong alignment between our purpose our values, and the goals of the Top Women Conference. Now, let's speak a little bit about the conference itself. Um, Tell us a little bit about this year's conference. Um, What are the themes that you guys are addressing? Also, so a lot of um, focus on on, on digital innovations and also uh, the green culture in terms of women who are also diversifying their fields and working in in the green space in the public sector and the private uh, sector. That seems to be standing out for me in this particular program. Tell us a little bit about it. 
Yes, I mean, it's very important that women get involved in technology. So there are sessions on STEM, you know, on um, innovation, on how you can get more involved in digitization generally, because ultimately that is the direction of change. And it's important that the young girls, um, the women, everybody finds a way of incorporating science and technology into their business because that is the only way they can continue to stay ahead and be truly empowered. Well, let me come to you, Dr. Uh, Mutsipe. Thank you for also giving us your time. Um, uh, the first time I really heard of you was uh, maybe 10 years ago um, when I was still a, a culture and lifestyle um, journalist at the Sunday Times. And there was this big hype because at the time there was just the SA Fashion Week. That was the only thing that was existing in terms of a, a big fashion uh, platform in, in South Africa. And then you came into the arena and, and, and started your African fashionable international establishment and also established the Africa uh, Fashion Week. Um, th- thank you for giving us your time. In, in terms of these kind of initiatives and being part of this particular uh, conference, why was it important for you to gear yourself into this as well? Well, thank you, Benjamin, for having me and um, good morning to all your listeners. Sure. Um, you know, it's um, Women's Month in South Africa. Um, it's a very important period where we focus on where we've come as women and where we need to be going. Um, and like I said, I was in Rwanda last week as well, and uh, women in Rwanda, women on the continent are generally just saying this has to be, you know, um, the time for women to participate actively in politics, in the economy, um, in education, and, and it is important that it, it is driven by women, um, but that we also have partners like Standard Bank, um, corporate citizens who really want to ensure that um, our country and the continent advances. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was important uh, for, for myself, um, you know, wearing two hats, one of is the Motipe Foundation, our family foundation, which focuses on how we can alleviate poverty in our communities in South Africa, on the continent, and globally. Um, But as well as through the creative industry, which I think on the continent is a huge opportunity. I mean, if you combine, um, I mean, my background in health and now in the creative sector and in philanthropy, I see all of these intersect and, um, and I try and leverage every area um, to advance and for the you know for the good of um, humanity for the good of those who come behind me and in terms of that I mean you, you you highlighted the fact that there are opportunities and especially looking at the creative industries for for women in Africa and it seems like that's where we're still uh, trying to formalize the structures of what's happening in that particular sector especially when it comes to let's look at the fashion industry sure. for in, for instance because it's one that hasn't been formalized I mean when you look at the aesthetics of of African goods we haven't created that structure whereby uh, female designers can actually make maximum um, kind of outputs on on an international scale in that regard. When it comes to to women in that particular Mm -hmm. sector, what are the main challenges and how can we start harnessing that on a serious level? So I like that you highlighted the fact that um, the industry is so fragmented Mm -hmm. and that is correct. 
um, it is fragmented, um, but it's a huge opportunity as well. And that's what um, African Fashion International seeks to do. We want to be that company that can aggregate the industry right through the value chain. I'm talking about from, you know, um, our cotton, um, you know, from the agriculture perspective, sure. um, how we developed uh, materials and fibers to, into textiles that our designers can use. And whilst doing that, being cognizant of sustainability issues, ensuring that products that we develop are biodegradable, that we do not harm the environment. Um, as far as uh, women in the industry are concerned, you know, this is one industry that actually has absorbed a lot of uh, women. If you think about, um, you know, I mean, from the modeling careers, the, the makeup, although women are not owning, the you know, companies, the companies sure. themselves, but mm. they work a lot in this industry. Mm. If you think about seamstresses who work for designers as well, you know, um, this is an industry that has so many women mm. uh, working in it. And it's actually one of the things that attracted me to the industry because when I, um, you know, when I, when I left active practice in medicine, mm. I had wanted to scale through the foundation, mm. my, my knowledge in health mm. and uh, how I can help mm. uh, people uh, through the health sector. But I also wanted to see how I can get into an industry mm. and a business that would address the needs of women, um, particularly that employs a lot of women. And uh, the fashion industry was uh, one of the, you know, the, the first ones uh, that I had thought of. And within our company, what we do is uh, we have um, educational um, opportunities like the masterclasses that we host, but we've also created, including the Fashion Week that you know very well, we've also in, um, created a um, fashion fund that uh, seeks to promote and support and propel young designers to become um, global brands and and this is a process we already have quite a few designers that have become successful who have dressed the likes of beyonce when she was here for the global citizens concert who have uh, shown in you know um, michelle obama one of uh, wore one of the designers clothes um, uh, you know from uh, uh, from kenya we've had you know, internationally, just people who are very, very interested in the African aesthetic. So we've got to make sure that the quality is good, the pricing is competitive, and the distribution is possible, that people sure. can access it. You know, Shola, coming back to you, just listening to uh, Dr. Mule Mutsepe there, kind of a very kind of a different approach in terms of business. And it seems like African women do have kind of a different uh, take when it comes to business. It's it's not sociological necessarily it's also profit driven but it has kind of a different um kind of social context and social impact in the way uh, the new african leader especially from a woman's perspective is coming out late yes no absolutely i think you know when you empower a woman you're empowering the community you know the family and um Despite the huge challenges women still face in, in setting up businesses, um, from funding to access to markets, um, you know, to a whole range of um, um, resources, a lack of resources that they need to drive their business, they are still moving forward. They're still doing their best, you know, to still trade, to still um, go to the farm, produce, export. You know, and we believe that our role in Standard Bank is to see how 
we can support those efforts. Um, in terms of capacity building, we have partnered with the UN Women, for instance, in Malawi, in Uganda, in Nigeria, to see how we can enable women who are in a Greek who are trading, you know, to better grow their business, you know, give them financial training, help them to know how to run their business in a better way, you know. So I think um, everything counts. Everything counts, and I don't think any effort is too little. And you'll be amazed. Also, when women come together in cooperatives, mm. that also um, helps to strengthen their capacity to engage with different stakeholders, raise financing. Mm. We've also found that um, when women um, or small businesses are part of a larger ecosystem, sure. like a, a corporate ecosystem, mm. where they're either supplying to that um, larger corporate or they're distributing goods from that larger corporate, it also enables them to um, be more sustainable in running their business. And um, we find that these are the ways that we can just continue to support the empowerment of women mm -hmm. in Africa. Well, just now, um, I, we in, I interrupted the, the keynote speaker who was speaking today, and I interrupted you guys, and you had to come out. But Casta Semenya, the South African Olympic gold medalist, was speaking now. And listening to her speak, it was heartbreaking. Just sometimes just she, she was telling her story of her life, how she was this kind of focused, young athletic who really wanted to, to be the best in the world. But we already know that she has challenges in, in the industry, especially when it comes to international athletics. And it's not just her in, in athletics who's facing uh, the position whereby, you know, just a question of your excellence as a woman can be sometimes uh, put into scrutiny. And that's something that we still struggle with on the African continent. We know we still have patriarchy. We still know we have male-dominated industries and sectors. And it's still a challenge in, in that regard. How do we move past uh, this particular arena of the kind of gender parity conversations that they're there, but sometimes they can be a little bit too superficial? Education is key. Sure. Education is a driver. You've got to get the girls educated. You've got to get them in schools. You've got to expose them. I mean, Dr. Masepe was talking about she brought quite a few um, young girls sure. to a conference like this. Yeah. This is eye-opening, yeah. you know. They learn, they listen, and um, they go back and are encouraged and say, look, I can do this. Yeah. And, you know, the most important thing is being able to um, ignite that hope in the young girl that despite all the obstacles around me, if I work very hard, if I go to school, if I use all the... Um, facilities that are available for me I can also get there and it's a journey and you just need to keep on encouraging them keep on exposing them you know and keeping them keep on showing sure. that it is possible we have um, what we call um, take a girl child to work it's uh, it's an initiative we've run in some of our the countries where you know for one day um, you just bring young girls and put them in the workplace and let them see other women let them see that you know they can also aspire to come and work in places like this or run a business and I think um, education and exposure are key key learning um, tools that will enable the young girls to actually um, 
develop their full potential. Yeah, we're about to wrap it up, but I, I want to ask this question with you, Dr. Mluin Mutsepe, the fact that we have a huge youth population. Uh, Shola was highlighting the fact that you brought some young girls here, but the biggest challenge is this, also with that huge unemployment rate, unemployment rate, you've got this huge youth um demographic in terms of its population and and the two seem to be contesting against each other and it's becoming a a big big problem for um the african continent Uh, when it comes to young women what 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 can we do because they're not only challenged by this this idea of unemployment but also the fact that we still have those challenges that i was speaking about when i was addressing that question to sholo Mm -hmm. yes um i fully uh, concur with Shama about um, the education bit. That's Mm. critical. Mm. We've got to continue to educate our young people. Skills, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, bring them skills, expose them to different, uh, um, you know, work situation. Mm. That is important. But we also have to be working at the top end with our government. Mm. Um, In our own little way, we need to be you know, at the table when policy is set and influence policy to ensure that uh, policies in our country uh, support the advancement of women and that there is actually, you know, leadership will, but also budget to support, um, you know, the changes that we talk about. Mm. Um, And it's important also, I'll say lastly, Mm. that when we talk about women empowerment, we should not forget men empowerment. We need men to be our ambassadors uh, for women empowerment. We need men who can lobby uh, within their companies, within, uh, you know, in government to ensure that those spaces are friendly to the young women that we're bringing in, that we have educated and have enlightened. So it is everyone's duty and it's, it's a, a it's a big job indeed absolutely, absolutely. fantastic yeah. but thank you ladies for giving us your time thank you to dr precious muloye mutsepe who's the ceo of the african fashion international group thank you as well to shola david bora who is the ceo of africa region standard bank group we're right here at the top woman a conference which has been sponsored by standard bank at the empress palace and uh, we're going to be taking a quick break and continue having more of the conversations which are taking place place here at the conference. So let's take a quick break and then we'll be back after this. Spotlight Africa, a program that showcases and highlights African countries and issues of the African continent and its people. Coming your way from Channel Africa every Wednesday at 800 hours UCT. With repeat on Wednesday at 22.15 hours UCT through DSTV Bouquet 802. Tune in to Spotlight Africa, a program that interrogates issues from an African perspective. When I think back to my childhood, geographically, it reminds me of a time where I was black and only black and only struggling, but at the same time, always reaching for something more, something bigger in a South Africa that was hostile. Hello, Africa. This is 1000 African Voices, 
and I'm your host, Avurengui. Join me on Channel Africa every Thursday morning between 8 and 9 and on Saturday and Sunday morning between 9 and 10. Rise, Africa, rise. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Yeah, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa. Uh, thank you for joining us on our various platforms into Sub-Saharan Africa on uh, DSTV Channel. We're on Channel 802 on uh, the audio, okay? And uh, if you are listening to us uh, on uh, our website internationally, we're on www.channelafrica.co.za. I'm uh, not doing the usual in-the-office vibe today, which I always love being outside of the office as a journalist. I hate being in the office because uh, it's just a little bit boring in there uh, just looking at your screen and uh, um, being with your colleagues is not always the great a great thing with all those debates so it's great to be here outside the office at the top woman conference and uh, the awards are also taking place tomorrow just a reminder that it is sponsored by standard bank and now i'm joined by mitch atagana who's the head of communications and public affairs for a very big big um uh, big machine which is Google and uh, that's Google South Africa Mitch thank you for giving us your time well thank you for having me and I'm with you as a journalist it's always better to be outside the office I used to be a journalist myself <laughs> fantastic but now you have a better job now I wouldn't say better I have a different job now you know <laughs> fantastic no look um you are Nigerian. Tell us a little bit about your, your background and how you got into Google. I always love those kind of stories. Yeah, yeah. so um, I'm Nigerian and my parents were always supportive in whatever I wanted to do. So yeah. we moved from Nigeria while I was quite young yeah. um, and we settled in South Africa and I went to high school in South Africa and university. So I've always loved writing and telling stories. Yeah. And when I was trying to pick something to study at university, my dad had asked, I, I said to my dad, should I be a lawyer? Because I talk a lot. Yeah. And he said to me, that's great, but you also write a lot. What about something <laughs> like journalism? Great. And I thought, actually, that sounds nice. So I studied journalism, and by the time I was done, I was definitely sure I was going to be a technology journalist. Oh. And I did that for a while. Okay. And while I was busy doing that and learning about tech and Africa and what we're doing, Google called and said, hey, do you want to join our company and do more of what you're doing, but with the support in the big machine of Google behind you. Yeah. And I thought, hell yes, let's, oh, let's do that. That's let's a do that. really rad gig. And uh, let's talk about Google, you know, in terms of where we are as Africa, in terms of women involved in technology, in ICT. Um, are we seeing that shift? Um, I mean, from a person who works for Google, are you seeing that particular change as a woman? Because, I mean, when you do speak about the owners of mm. uh, these uh, large ITC uh, corporations, they're usually owned by men. And we start. We need to start seeing a shift soon. Absolutely. We definitely need to start seeing a shift in uh, technology companies built and founded by women. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of startups that are founded by women. It's yeah. getting them through that three-year gap, right, that yeah. three-year mark. I think there's a shift in more women working working for technology company and taking leadership roles in technology companies for sure Um, because organizations are going to all be some form of technology or digital organization in the future no matter what you do right so even if you're selling you know millies by the road at some point you're going to have to want to reach more customers and you're going to find a technological way to do that so people are also starting to realize that for them to be profitable as big organizations or big business it's really realizing that 
if they have more women in their leadership in their board of directors it makes money sense yeah. so it makes sense it makes dollar sign sense that they can now be bigger from a revenue point of view so there's a gradual shift mm. yes not um a lot of big companies have uh, CEOs as women right now, but I do think there's a, a gradual shift happening. Yeah, and, and in terms of Google, in terms of positioning itself in that particular direction, I mean, they've employed you mm-hmm. as their head of communications. That's a good start, having an African woman heading um, the messaging of its uh, uh, corporation. Mm-hmm. H- how important is it that that should start being a priority where we start seeing more women in, in a leadership capacity? I think that's such a great thing to, mm. to see a woman standing sitting up opposite me and she's heading the communications mm. of of google south africa because yeah. it's something that i've had a problem with that you know people tell our narratives and africans don't tell their own narratives mm. in terms of also how you communicate to even our demographics absolutely and so one of the things that i love about this job and this role is mm. The head of communications for Google Africa as a role, so all of sub-Saharan Africa, is also an African woman. So she's based in Kenya, and she kind of leads our story across the continent, and I work on that team, right? Mm. But also the head of Google Business in Nigeria is also a woman. And our head of marketing for South Africa is a woman. Mm. So there's a a lot of African... Guys are taking all our jobs, Great. You know, you, yeah, we 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 try to we try to make some changes and make some money here. We're just trying to make some money here, you know. But th- but this is exactly it. Yeah. We need those diverse thoughts in in business. We need those those uh, diverse ways of thinking. And I think as a company, Google is also thinking about if half the population mm. are women. Mm. Clearly, half our employees, half our, you know, we should represent where we are. Mm-hmm. And we're moving slowly in making sure that that is the case. And we, we've seen, like, our, our CFO is a woman. Mm-hmm. So our global CFO mm-hmm. is a woman. Right? Our global head of marketing is a woman. And it's something that we take very, very seriously in terms of building that. But also people, local hires, mm-hmm. people who are sitting in countries who understand. But that does not take away from bringing in talent from elsewhere mm. who can really help you know uh, move the business along so absolutely I think that narrative thing is very imperative mm. and it means that when I sit in a meeting with teams from London or teams from the US mm. and I go actually that's not how we should mm. do this in Africa they will listen because I am the expert I am the Africa expert my boss is the Africa expert she's worked across the continent for mm. so many years in this field that they go okay the Africans say this is how we're going to do it in Africa, that's how we're going to do it in Africa because they know and they're on the ground. As, as a young African in, in that regard, I mean, we still have that challenge where that move is not so simple. It's almost like we're having, yes, international corporates understanding that notion, but it seems like on the ground in our government systems, in our own indigenous or domestic businesses, mm-hmm. we struggle with making that shift. I think men here are still struggling with that kind of idea of saying, hey, we need to shift the way we're thinking governance we need to make sure that women are part of it in terms of public accountability we need to make sure that we have women in central um, organizations and institutions uh, and even in the private sector we need to make sure that there's that particular shift Um, why do you think Africa is struggling domestically? The patriarchy. <laughs> we are a patriarchal society sure. and we are still bound mm. by the, the clouds of old ideas. Yeah. Like we, we think about our society in ways where we know what we know and we like what we know. Mm. And it's, t- it's, it, it's going to take time to break those ways of thinking, mm. to have that mental mind shift. Mm. And I think that 
you know, I know there's a lot of controversy around Cyril right now, but mm. his cabinet mm. is full of women, mm. right? He has a cabinet of women, which I think this is the first time in South Africa where we've had this many women, mm. sure. uh, you know, and that is a good way to start to begin. That's a good beginning, right? Mm. But it's only a beginning, mm. you know, because if we see government going, it's a priority for us for us to be a diverse organization yeah, yeah. with, you know, a balance in gender, yeah. then we go, okay, as a private company, I must follow suit. And for Africans, it's it's a real struggle because you sit in meetings sometimes. I remember when I first started working as a journalist, yeah. I would walk into a room and people would assume I was a tea lady. Oh, no. And oh, my, no. my, my, my boss at the time would have to say, this is actually the editor of the site you came to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the, this is who you came to have a meeting with. Wow. And because everybody called me Mish, they, don't, they just automatically assume it could be short for Michael, it could be short for Mitchell. Oh, so they don't always yeah. assume it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a female they're yeah, going to speak yeah, with. Yeah. And I had to kind of be very tough and have a very thick skin to deal with those kind of barriers, but assert myself because as soon as... I showed evidence of knowledge, evidence of, you know, um, understanding expertise. I had them. They would listen. But we shouldn't always, ha it shouldn't be that. It shouldn't always be that hard work. Mm. You know, I bet you if you walked into a room with me and you said you were a tech expert, no one's really going to doubt that, yeah. right? Yeah. But with me, they're going to look at me and think about it and work through. Well, I mean, if, 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 if that's the case, then they're very, very aggressive in their thinking. Absolutely. Yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 we, and we do have a lot of that. But I think that there is progress on the continent and a lot more women are starting to build companies sure. in, this, uh, uh, in this continent. A lot more women are CEO mm -hmm. of companies on the continent. And I think it's a slow journey, mm -hmm. but it's a journey that has no choice but to happen. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. Yeah, we're right here at the Top Women Conference, and I'm speaking now to Mish Atangana, who is the Head of Communications and Public Affairs at Google South Africa. She's Nigerian living in South Africa. And when we were starting to introduce one another, she said, it's Atagana. And I understand when she lives in South Africa, because we have different ways of pronouncing names. We probably would have said Atagana, <laughs> you see. And uh, that's probably what South Africans would have said to her. I'm sure she deals with that every Every day, but I'm going to take a quick break. I'm going to come back, and with Mish, I want us to speak about uh, the youth and young women, especially when it comes to what I was asking the other ladies before you around the fact that we really have this problem of unemployment uh, in sub-Saharan Africa. It's a huge one. It's a growing issue. The fourth industrial revolution. Maybe yep. we can speak about that since sure. you do work at Google. But let's take a quick break. We'll be back after this. Great. Building Africa with love, Bujambo Africa. If there are holes in this continental ship, we are is children let us go and stop the holes let us gladly do it with our hearts and if we cannot then let us die we will make a plug of our brains and put them into the ship but condemn it never catch us on channel africa from 10 to 11 a.m every friday and sundays from 5 a.m to 6 a.m Hey, you are listening to Channel Africa, where you get the African perspective. You're probably one of the only people who do what we do uh, from a continental perspective, where we broadcast into sub-Saharan Africa, where Africans are speaking uh, for themselves. But thank you for joining us uh, on our um, DSTV channel. We are on channel 802 on the audio bouquet. And if you listen to us uh, online, streaming us live, it's www.channelafrica.co.za today. Uh, it's Women's Month in South Africa, so we've been doing 
doing a few things, uh, really looking at uh, women's participation in the economy. That's been a focus this year mainly. Um, I know that every year African Dialogue has different themes, but it seems that this year that was the theme that just naturally happened. And uh, today we're right here at the Top Women Conference, uh, uh, and tomorrow uh, there will be the, the Top Women Awards right here at the Empress Palace. I'm with uh, Mitch Atagana, Head of Communications and Public Affairs at Google South Africa. Uh, Mitch, let's look at this issue of young people. I mean, when you speak about young people, the demographic is very huge, especially, uh, let's focus on young women, for instance. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, What do you think about this demographic? When you at Google, with your colleagues and with your innovators, your marketing team, your uh, technology um, geeks are hanging out there, what do you guys think when you you speak about this youth Mm. um, demographic? Well, we have no choice but to think about the youth. Sure. So if you look at a continent like Africa, the bulk of Africa's population is under the age of 30. Sure. And even there, there's another subsect that's under 25. Mm. So it, we, you have the, you know, you know, people always talk about the children are the future. <laughs> in, this, in the African case, they yeah, are the present, yeah, yeah, the future. Yeah, yeah. They are, they are everything. Sure. And it is a, it is a, an audience that we need to really think about. One, how do we make sure that they are included in the digital uh, movement that's happening? Mm. How are they included in the digital economy and the digital kind of skill sets? Mm. And also, how do we make sure that our products mm. are relevant to them and how they want to live their lives and what they want to achieve? So if it's becoming an entrepreneur, if it is just growing a business that they already have, or if it's just living their daily lives and finding information, education, lifestyle, fashion, whatever it may be, we really have to think about the the average South African youth, for example, if I look at just the South African uh, audience, and what drives them? What is their need? What is the thing that drives them? And if you go to a, a country like Nigeria, the hustle is the thing that drives them. In South Africa, we are very interested in how to better ourselves, how to do uh, more with what we have. So how do I learn a new skill? How do I you know, learn about the world around me and what is happening around me? I always collect... Um, Google Trends at the end of the year, what South Africans have been searching for. And without fail, uh, big issues around the world is on South Africa's mind. Politics, current affairs, you know, so South Africa is an audience that wants to be informed constantly. Sure. And and, and in terms of getting, let's focus on young women. Like Mm. you were highlighting earlier on that the fact that you were um, a tech journalist, it kind of was people didn't see it as a natural thing. Mm. And I'm thinking about um, industrialists in the technology mm. field, young women who might be interested, and maybe there's a young woman who says, hey, I want to get more involved in technology, but we know we're actually behind when it comes to the fourth industrial mm. revolution. How do we encourage young women to get more involved? Absolutely. I think that, you know, so earlier in my talk, I talked about, you know, when we think about digital empowerment slash inclusion, mm. I look at it in three ways, right? Sure. One is... Um, the technologies themselves that we're building. Mm. Another is the technology industry that exists and also how we experience technology platforms. And until those those three things for me need to be in sync for a young woman to truly be comfortable in the world of technology. On that so uh, if you look at the technologies we're using, we need more 
female input in the technologies that is built and how they're built. Yeah. Most of the, and even if you look at just products in the world, right? Mm. Uh, we always have this joke about the high heel was not invented by women, but women are the primary users of high heels, sure. right? So the same thing with different technology, technological products. They're not built by women because we have seen the rates of STEM uh, people, women studying science, technology, uh, engineering, and maths and all of that. Because when you walk into uh, one of those classrooms, nine, let's say maybe eight or seven out at a time, mm. it's a man that's teaching that subject mm. in a sea of other men. Mm. So you already feel a real minority mm. in that audience. Mm. And if you're a black woman in that audience, you are a minority so many times over mm. in that room that you're not always um, comfortable or feel supported in that room, that you have to work extra hard every day to just get to graduation mm -hmm. so that you find there's a high drop-off rate because there's just too many barriers mm -hmm. and people always talk about well maybe it's the it's the way the brains are designed blah 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 I don't truly believe that mm -hmm. I do agree there's a sense of logic and you should have an aptitude for a subject mm -hmm. but there shouldn't be other barriers that get in your way of that so that's around the technologies and the and um, uh, how they're built and how we and, and, and how they exist and then from an industry point of view we need to be more inclusive in these companies of women we can't just hire women to be our receptionists yeah. our social media people sure. our blah 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 you know what they call the softer skills yeah. we need to really seek out these women who are building technology themselves technical women and put them in high positions in companies and we need to also invest more in female-led businesses we need to invest more in female tech companies and and so forth and then from a social point of view where we on these platforms that are been so weaponized bullying mm. and women are bullied so much online and yeah. we need to find ways to make sure I mean that look at we, 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 Custer was in exactly the, I mean she's probably one of the most bullied people on social do media. you know what I mean yeah, and, yeah. and I would say while I was sitting listening to Custer I'm like I don't know how Custer does it every day and mm. huge strength to her mm. because she is such a strong woman and she stands by her ground and we need more people like that saying speaking their mind and standing up for what they believe in mm. and, but we need to support them as well we need to support it so if you see someone bullying Custer, you call that person out. Mm. You know, you say, no, no, no. Here, give them the receipts. And I think Take that we, that girl. you Take know, that exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like you give them the receipts. And I think we need to definitely make, find a way to make technology platforms safer mm. for young women to engage in. And this is the onus on the tech companies to do that, mm. mine included. And and in terms of th that. Um energy that women bring you know i was speaking to dr Muloy Mutsipe. Mm. Uh, you know she's very fantastic in terms of how she was narrating her approach mm. in business mm. in terms of not just looking at the outcomes but also uh, the inputs just mm. like you mm. highlighted it seems like women have kind of a comprehensive way of seeing the value chain in business and and how it all works together and how we can impact communities and it seems i was asking the ladies earlier and i'm like it's a it's a different approach of leadership that women are actually offering to the continent isn't it absolutely and yeah. i think that but leader true leadership is understanding a much broader part of a business true leadership is following mm -hmm. and you cannot be a true leader if you're not willing to follow mm -hmm. and understand if you're not willing to dissect every aspect i always go introverts make great leaders mm -hmm. because they take their time to truly understand mm -hmm. and drill deep into things so by the time they come back with solutions and ideas they're thoughtful in the way that is done and i think women do that and you know these are skills that can be learned 
but also I don't know if us men were willing to learn them. <laughs> yeah, so there's a willingness aspect for sure, for I sure. I think we need to follow now. <laughs> so, you know, there's a willingness aspect to that. Yeah. Um, but it, it's also, it's that diverse, it's that diverse thinking that I'm talking about. No one is saying every single company should be only having in their leadership and it should only be run by women. That's not the, that's not what we're saying. We, if to